Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Like the Jelly of the Month Club, we're the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. What's up, kids? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Impeachment Cheeseman. This is Chad. What day is it? So wash. And on this episode, AppCast strikes back, LinkedIn fights on, and Gemini, it's not just the astrological sign of your favorite podcasters. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel uh-huh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that's something. Swiftly matching people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, We did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, Okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. (laughs) What's up, Chad? I was trying to figure out what day it is. It's been a week in London, and we were stacked. London in December is London in December. Let me just get that out there. Cold. 
rainy. <laughs> kind of like London in August. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but cold. But full of cold, warm yeah. pubs, which is fucking amazing. Uh, and great people we know. Uh, the holiday li- the holiday lights throughout London were just freaking beautiful. And thanks to Peter Weddle and Stephen O'Donnell mm. and Bill Fanning for having Julie and I out to the event. Uh, we had some great Indian food the first night with Fanning and Stubbsy. Uh, then we went to lunch with Alex Forlis, who bestowed a couple of bottles of Greek wine upon us. Uh, sushi with our friend uh, Mikkel from Sonic Jobs. Dinner with Sir wow. Richard and Lady Beverly Collins at a pretty swanky Instagram-ready Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah. It was swanky. <laughs> a night of drinking, squid games, dinner, and more drinking with Jem, Thomas, and Rob from the uh, the guys from Talent Nexus. Uh, and a really cool last night out with Sam and the Real Links uh, Board of Advisors at the Groucho Club in Soho. Last but never least, Alex Tchaikovsky brought me some Oktoberfest German beer right from Germany. And I also got a, a bottle of 12-year reserve single malt Bushmills from our friend Michael Blakely. So delicious. So delicious. So I'm surprised you don't know what day it is with all the uh, the alcohol and food that you consumed last week. I'm sorry, Squid Games. You're gonna have. You're gonna have. You're gonna. I I know Squid Game, the show. What do you mean you had? You did Squid Games. So they've they've got this this immersive game where you literally go into a box. It's a room, but it's a box. You put on Uh these little visors, and they've got like these little little nodes on them, and you play the game on the wall in like word like green lights. I mean, they're just a bunch of different games that you can play, Uh and then you score. You score as a team against other teams, but then you also score against each other. So it was it was fun. And whenever we go to London, I have to say one of the most fun times we have all the time is with the guys from talent nexus. Cause they always take us out to play sure. games, drink, eat, and then drink again. <laughs> yeah. So is this like a Netflix sanctioned yeah. thing? Like yep. sponsor or powered by neck Netflix yeah. squid yeah. game. And you went in a thing and it was uh-huh. had squid games branding on it and everything. Yep. Oh shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was really Brand cool. Extension. I like it. I like it. And there was a bar there. Uh, yeah, as a matter of you fact, drink and play green light. It's right. funny because between games, right on the wall, it asks you if you want more alcohol, and then you just go up and you touch the <laughs> wall and and what you want, right? And I want two IPAs, and I want you know a fizzy drink for for Thomas or you know something like that, and then you you put order, and two minutes later they come in, they put them down in the little drink holders, and then you go back to playing the game. All right, all right, all right, genius. I'm not hating on that. Not hating shout on that out. at all. At all. Let's get to some shout outs. Let's do it. Shall we? I know you've, you, you, you gave a whole bunch in your little uh, explanation <laughs> of last week's activities, but yes. my first shout out goes out to Checker. You think Checker is a background check company? Hmm. Well, think again, Chad. Uh, they've expanded the platform with the launch of Checker Pay and Checker Onboard, addressing the needs of growing, flexible, and mobile first workforce. This stuff reeks of desperation to me. Uh, we look at Handshake going after uh, LinkedIn. Last week, we talked about remote taking on Upwork and Fiverr. Uh, this kind of dilution of the brand and the services like almost never 
works out very well. It confuses the consumer. It, it divides the workforce. It creates confusion. I mean, Checker says background check. It's a great brand. Checker does not say onboarding solution. They're fucking up. This is what happens when you take too much money, when your valuation is too high. You start doing crazy stuff like this. And I think Checker is going to regret it. However, shout out to them uh, for doing something. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it's smart because they're going down funnel. Uh, whether they can do it successfully or not, that's we will see. But they definitely have to open up their total addressable market with the money that they took. So they have to do something. The question is, were these the right, you know, the, the right things to do? Background check into onboarding. Yeah, there's a there's a good synergy there. The thing is, they've got to go down. Yeah. They've got to go down funnel. Um, that was one of the things that we talked about where LinkedIn is really they're really stuck. Is there at the top of the funnel? And if they come mm-hmm. down the funnel, then they have more data. They have uh, more of an ecosystem. Right now, the ecosystem is just on the top of the funnel. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what they can do. It's uh, I, I kind of like those guys. I, I'm not a big background check guy, but I kind of like those guys. Yeah, it's a shitty business, so you kind of got to like start doing new stuff, I guess, <laughs> if you want to, you know, support your what is it, six billion dollar valuation Ooh, or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy, Chad. It's crazy. I've got a uh, Mary Fixmas. This is from our uh, factory fix guys. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about fantasy football later. But big, oh, big, big <laughs> shout out to the Cumberland Hotel in London, right by Marble Arts, where Julie and I stayed. Shout out because they played NFL football every Sunday, which coincidentally also came during their drag show brunch which was amazing we had football going on and drag over there it was like a melding of the communities did they did they actually meet it doesn't matter they were together it was it was pretty cool that escalated quickly (laughs) okay uh moving on uh shout out to Doritos. Oh no! Who doesn't love Doritos? What's What's your favorite flavor of Doritos? I I like uh, Cool Ranch. I'm big Cool Ranch Dorito Dorito guy. Cool Ranch, Cool Ranch. You gotta you can't lose with Cool Ranch uh, no. for sure. The sweet chili is really is really solid as well. <laughs> anyway, can I can I interest you in a nacho cheddar Doritos flavored liquor drink? God no. Oh, that sounds horrible. Think, think cheddar cheese vodka. That sounds horrible. Okay. Oh my god. So, so, I'm about ready to throw up right now. <laughs> uh, Doritos PepsiCo is partnered with Empirical, uh, who's a big uh, booze 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 maker, mm-hmm. and they have they have fused nacho cheese Dorito flavor yeah. with vodka. Wow. The wow. reviews of people have had it, it is that it's good. Uh, now PepsiCo needs to get in bed with Taco Bell and get this nacho Doritos <laughs> drink with some Taco Bell. Yeah. And your boy here is in Nirvana. Okay. I don't I, I don't know about the hangover uh beer shits the next morning, <sighs> oh. but but for the night, that oh. sounds like a pretty good time to me. Shout out to oh, yeah. Doritos liqueur Thank coming you. coming uh in January at the low low price Chad of sixty five dollars a bottle. So skip the old Forester, you know, skip the Bib and Tucker, skip. Yeah. No. Go to the no. Doritos $65 uh, aisle for I, that I one. I will not. That, that, that sounds like a very high is, price tag to puke my guts out. 
It's very expensive. Oh, that's crazy. Especially for vodka. That's crazy. So I'm going to shout out to infrastructure. Shout out to High Speed Rail, and it's about time in the U.S. Announced Friday, the largest federal investment in passenger trains in decades with $8.2 billion in new funding for high speed rail and other projects nationwide. Infrastructure, baby, and it's about fucking time. But Joel, have you ever been on high speed rail? Uh, yeah, it's called European transportation. There it is. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have more space. There's no TSA, no long lines. It's just a better experience than flying when you're not crossing an ocean. Uh, Europe is mm-hmm. bigger than the U.S. China is bigger than the U.S. Guess what? They both have high-speed fucking rail. It's about time. So big shout out to the U.S. and high-speed rail. Yeah, I hope I hope this works. I mean, we've talked about Europe. It's like half the size and twice the population. So rail makes a ton of sense. Everything's close by, ton of people. Landmass-wise, it's bigger than the U.S. I thought it was half nope. the size, but twice the population. Nope. Landmass-wise, Europe. Uh, Europe, Europe. We need Adam Gordon to chime in on this. Adam Gordon, chime it's in on this. It's fairly simple. You can just go to Google and do a search on landmass. What's Google again? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So we're in Indianapolis. Chat GPT. There should be a Chicago, Indy, oh, Chicago, yeah. Detroit, Easy. Cleveland. Like yes. regional makes a ton of sense. Like both of those, all those cities would benefit greatly if there was like a oh, tra- yeah. high speed train that took you to downtown, the center of downtown of all those places. But Americans love their cars. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, we love the cars because we've been forced to use cars. We in, in, in Indianapolis have been trying to get fucking light rail forever. And the Koch brothers have been down on that shit. They've been spending money against it so that we keep buying oil. So yeah. this, this a lot, it, yeah. it doesn't have to do with us loving cars. It has to do with what we have available to us. Yeah. Car and oil had better lobbyists than the, uh, the, the railroads did back in the day. But Very yeah, uh, high speed train is, is sexy. I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'd like to see it at least in, in my, I want to get to Chicago easier and faster. Exactly. And you know what's even better than fast rail? Free stuff. T-shirts from JobGit, beer, Aspen Tech Labs. God, I love those guys. Whiskey. I, I don't know if you've seen yep. TextKernel's new logo. Have you seen it? Go to TextKernel.com. New logo, new brand. Pretty amazing. And uh, if it's your birthday, kid. If it's your birthday. Hey, listener. Rum with plum. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel the tension? In the air right now? Mm-hmm. I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. So before we get to this week's, uh, your wife celebrated a birthday last yes. week. Uh, do you want to say anything nice about her or what you guys did? Oh, did, did I not go through the long laundry list of what we did in London? Not to mention. Oh, so you wrapped that into she, her birthday. Yes. Not to mention she came back with three <laughs> more pairs of Vajas. So she has three sets of Vajas for Europe and three sets of Vajas for the U.S. Do all Vajas have the V and the on the sneaker, or do they like? I think so. Have uh, like boots and I'm not okay. a, I'm not a Vaja expert, although I know all of hers have the V's. Yeah, got it, got it. All right, well, let's get to this week's birthdays. Okay. Uh, some fans are celebrating another trip around the sun. That includes Jack Mahoney, Lars Kuz, Allison Paget, Fozzie Mtiaz. Alex Micklin, Phil Larkins, Christina Lowry, Aaron Stevens, Rathine Cena, Max Armbruster, there he is. your boy, yes. Jonathan Duarte, and a very special birthday by my father, Will yes. Cheeseman, is celebrating number Happy 84. Birthday. 
number 84 on wow. planet Earth. Wow. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy, happy, birthday. happy birthday. Before you ask, he loves popcorn. <laughs> so we're getting him every imaginable, maybe, maybe Doritos flavored liquor popcorn. I don't mm. know. We're going to get all the kind mm. of popcorn that that my dad can eat with the seven remaining teeth that are still get all the popcorn teeth. If you have to, <laughs> if you have to put it in the blender, just make sure he gets the popcorn. Okay. <laughs> Toothpicks for days. Yes. Getting those kernels. Oh out. my Good god! Lord. So events, kids. Travel powered by Shaker Recruitment Marketing. Uh, we already have eight conferences planned for 2024. The very first is the event in San Diego. That's right. TA week where we're going to be hanging out with uh, koalas. Yeah. No shit. Koalas at the zoo. We're going to the zoo. Why? Because we are hanging with the guys and gals and crew from Koalify. That's the nice. one that starts with the Q ends with the I. Koalify. If you want to check it out. Go to chadcheese.com slash events. We're really stoked. I mean, Evan White has been, he's been in high fucking gear putting together events and doing some <laughs> really, really cool work. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to work with him this year. Yeah. Evan's out of control. <laughs> I have a uh, Canadian update hey, on one of my travels. Don't break oh. our show, you hoser. Oh. So our friends at Hiring Branch uh, were at HR Tech this past year. Uh, nice. We did the high roller with them at mm-hmm. Unleash earlier in the year. And uh, I was talking to him about living in Montreal. Everyone that listens regularly knows my wife is Canadian. I have Canadian in-laws yep. and my father-in-law is a big Montreal Canadiens fan. So I was asking if he went to games, was it hard to get tickets? He's like, well, I share season tickets with a few other guys, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the wife and I are going to drop the kid off in London, Ontario, take a train. We talked about trains, take a nice little train ride Uh all the way to Montreal. Uh, We're going to have dinner, I think, with some of his team uh, the night before. And then the night of go to the game, we're going to get to see uh, the Oilers, Connor McDavid, arguably the best uh, hockey player in the world. Uh, so I'm pumped for that, uh, but that's my travel. It's sort of business, sort of not. I love it. You're not involved. I, you don't have to be. But yeah, I, hiring branch. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you in a few weeks uh, for sure. Beautiful for sure. Are you just trying not to talk about fantasy football on your ass whipping last week? I mean, I'm just. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I I I split with you. Okay. I split with you. Well. All right. Let's. Okay. Well, your record wouldn't show that, so... Uh. That's... that's Oh, all right. Okay, everybody. Uh, fantasy football is winding down. Chad, like me, is not in the playoffs at this point. I'm five again. Last year, I was number five. Fuck. Praying, yeah, praying he does not make the playoffs because he will be really hard to live with if he does. <laughs> Here's your leaderboard uh, for the, I think, final week of the, the regular season. This has been sponsored by our our friends at Factory Fix. Can't thank them enough for supporting uh, our unhealthy addictions uh, like fantasy football. And Chad is is showing uh, his Factory Fix sweater, the Christmas sweater. Yeah. If you're not watching us on this YouTube, this is like a jersey. You go to YouTube. It's like jersey quality. Yeah, at, Ch- at Chad Cheese. Uh, Chad bought an ugly sweater of our podcast, like the first or second year that we did this. Yeah. I assume you still have that. Oh God. Yeah. Cause it is fucking epic. He's like, well, let's sell this. I'm like, no one's going to buy this shit. I don't know. Maybe we need to do like a, a, a special, everybody loved uh, it. 
Christmas sweater. Yeah, sponsored by. Get with Mike from Factory Fix. See if he can do it in this kind of. This is like jersey material. This is fucking legit thick. It looks comfortable. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look itchy at all. It looks really nice. It looks really nice. Okay. Here's your leaderboard, everybody. Uh, Probably the last week that we go through the whole thing before the playoffs. (laughs) Number one, she's been there all year pretty much. Uh, Michelle Sergeant Slaughter. Number one. Number two, she's been there just about the whole season. It's Marcy Playground Mall. Number three, Funky Cold Medina Perro. Number four, Jagged Little Jill Patterson. Yes. Chad just on the line at number five. Chad Fuchaball Cheat So Wash. <laughs> uh, number six, Joe Bagadixon. He's there. He's right there. He's in the sixth spot. Number the seven, Brett Musburger Losey. Number eight, Billy Joel Cheeseman. Number nine, Dean Wizard of Osner. Number 10, Jasper, the friendly ghost, Spanjart. Number 11, Dennis, the menace Tupper, and he's tied with Kristen Duncan Sheik Urban. That's right. She's barely, barely breathing it at number, number 12. But I'm more excited to see who's in the cellar at the end of the year than who's, who's in the playoffs because Tupper and Urban are fighting for that last spot. And if Tupper goes from first to worst, we're gonna we're gonna have to get him an epic something to like showcase as as the loser <laughs> like a, for the season. Like a broom. Also, a toilet brush. also notably, we 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 will likely have an all female playoff uh, this season, which I, I, I think is I think is fucking awesome. Yeah. So fucking awesome. So fucking awesome. Yep. All right, that is your fantasy fix leaderboard once again, sponsored by our friends at Factory. Fix. By the way, the Browns play the Bears this week. If any of the factor fix people want to lose some money, just hit me up on the DMs and uh, we can we can figure that out, friends. Topics. All right, Chad. Well, missing last week, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about a few of the items that we discussed. Oh, yeah. uh, Jim Stroud was nice enough to join uh, join me, take some time off from SourceCon and fill in for you. But you have some stuff on your on your chest you want to get off. What's up? Well, first off, yeah. So, Jim, thanks again for guest hosting, my friend. I've known Jim forever, but you might not remember. You might remember. Jim was our very first guest host back in April of 2017 when Jeremy was being born. He stepped in and we were very, very early into this fucking journey. So uh, Jim's the OG. Winning. Yeah, he's the OG. So I have to say it was quite refreshing to kind of like sit back, listen to last week's show, digest it, and then pull together some some comments uh, because the, the dumping of CPA seems to be uh, just a big retreat by Indeed. Two quick points. Number one, a history lesson. How did Indeed take organic away, the free traffic away, first and foremost? Uh, or I, I guess, I'm sorry, transition to moving everybody to paid traffic. Um, they started with job boards first and they made them pay for traffic, right? So it was, they took that little mm-hmm. piece out. It was a third of it. They took them out. They made them pay for traffic. Then indeed waited patiently. Then staffing companies jobs were taken out of the free feed and they had to pay indeed the indeed piper, right? After the dust yeah. settled on that one with staffing companies, then hiring companies were next. So how was that successful rollout different than what we experienced this year. Tell me, Chad. They did it all at once. 
they weren't fucking around. They didn't follow their tried and true Trojan horse model. The Indeed crew has grown cocky and sloppy. So why do you think that is? I mean, it just blew my mind seeing Raj Mukherjee talk about, well, you know, things are getting better and employers are starting to like it and it's very new. And then sure. we go back and now it's an experiment. So why are they getting so cocky and sloppy? So we talked about this. Uh, so I'll give you, I guess, three reasons. Uh, one is hubris. You mentioned it. Like yeah. when you just get cocky and confident yeah. and you can't lose, yeah. then you just do stuff and think everyone's going to love it. And <laughs> that rarely works. The other one is they have a new sugar daddy. Uh, they have a new private equity firm that's probably forcing them to look at what's working and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And this probably wasn't working the way that it should. And somebody, a grown up in the room, hopefully said this needs to go because it's not the direction that we need need to go. And I think the third one is a little bit of, of fear. Um, I, regardless of what people say, I think, I think Google for Jobs is growing. I think once they start pay-per-click, uh, some advertising solution there, it's going to pull money away from Indeed. So doing things out of fear like this, um, also programmatic. It's really hard to have a conversation as an Indeed salesperson and talk about like, uh, I'm paying 12 cents a click here, but I'm paying you 84 cents. Like, why am I doing that? And that's a really hard conversation to have. So if you create confusion and this new model that, no, it's not clicks, it's applicants or it's interested candidate, then you create uh, confusion and then people just go, okay, then it's not 14 cents versus 52 cents. It's something different. So that was that was point number one. It, they just seem to be sloppy and cocky uh, because they've been able to roll these things out very effectively before. Um, number two, you made a uh, Google uh, comparison to Indeed, which it, it was pretty apples and oranges. And, and, and let, let me hit this up. So Google doesn't control the product and they never did, right? They were like the, the marketplace, but they never controlled the product. Indeed controls the entire ecosystem, right? That's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I'm predicting they can and they will do CPA. Why? They have no fucking choice with Google for jobs and LinkedIn bring, breathing down their necks. Once Indeed finally, finally invests cash in a system that can actually match candidates against experiences, skills to do job requirements. It's a done deal. And that's not complex at all. As a matter of fact, ZipRecruiter should have productized this already. I can't believe they didn't. Uh, you want 10 candidates that meet your requirements to apply? Done. Then the ad shuts off after 10 applies happen. It's not hard. We've gotten the information. We know they're qualified. Boom. You got you got what you asked for. They might not be exactly what you want, but it doesn't matter. You want a qualified applicant, you got 10 qualified applicants. Um, what, yeah. What's hard is Indeed's matching technology is shit, and their backend system is in legacy status. I spoke with some people uh, last week when I was in London, and they pointed directly at Indeed getting fat and lazy like Monster did. And that their back end literally not changing for, you know, seven years. So Indeed will have to spend the money. They have plenty. They, they've got to do it to retool to make CPA happen. Uh, the cost per started apply, that's another mess mm-hmm. and another story. But I think CPA, which yep. they say they dumped, I think that's coming. They just have to do a shit ton of retooling on the back end because with their forced uh, registration, Right now, they're gaining more candidates into their database. They need to start asking more information of those candidates, create richer profiles, and then they need a better matching system uh, in the end. 
I don't know, maybe they try to buy a tax kernel or something like that. Somebody who actually works. 60% of the time. Oh, now, you're, now you're getting <laughs> crazy. Now you're getting crazy. I would love to see when Google launches their paid product or their, their yeah. paid option, uh-huh. if, if they go like bottom feeder per click pricing, <laughs> talking five cents a click. Yeah. I'm talking like yeah. disrupt the programmatic people, disrupt Indeed, like totally throw a grenade down the hallway of the job board industry. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll do that, but it would be really fun to watch. The other, the other thing is, I mean, there's a technical side to this and there's a human side to it because people, people can do the math in their head saying, okay, I paid this many for this many clicks and I got this many candidates and okay, I, like they've somehow adjusted to the cost of that and they're okay with it. When they start paying tens of dollars for an applicant, if that applicant is not great, the math on that is tougher because I'm paying dollars as opposed to cents for garbage. And there's a, there's a mental human thing that they have to have to figure out if they can. Mm -hmm. The technical part is one of it, but if you can't convince people that I'm, I'm cool with paying for an applicant, I'm I'm cool paying this much for it, then it's, it's not going to work. So that's a bigger problem for me uh, with them than it is the tech side or, or do they have something else that's different? It's going to be fun to watch. I think they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And if Google comes out with like bottom bottom dweller pricing, it's going to be really, really interesting. And if they start putting those ads in your Gmail, they start putting job postings in YouTube and other places in their in their network, mm-hmm. that's going to shake up the programmatic folks. It's going to be fun. Come on, Google. Let's get it done. Yeah, I, I see. I see Indeed buying a lot of that real estate, by the way. They already are. And then secondarily, uh, talking about uh, AppCast and, and Twitter and Greenhouse and Lever a couple of weeks ago. So our yeah. discussion yeah. Uh, where you dug into the jobs feed of the Twitter's new quote unquote hiring platform. Yes. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'm using air quotes hiring platform. Uh, I had our, had us scratching our heads wondering what the actual fuck is going on over there. I mean, huge brands have directed their big marketing agencies to pull all advertising from Twitter. But what happens if those same companies' jobs start showing up beside anti-Semitic posts powered by jobs feed giving to them by greenhouse, lever, appcast, whomever, right? So we, yep. We received tons of opinions, which we always do from listeners, and that's great. Uh, and a response from the man with the million-dollar smile, the COO over at AppCast, that's Matt Molinari. Matt posted, quote, yep. Hey, all, I'd like to qualify or I'd like to clarify a few points on behalf of AppCast. We have always empowered our customers to direct us to remove sites and channels from their job advertising strategy appcast customers with jobs distributed to x twitter have been made aware and have the choice if they'd like to continue doing so that said appcast remains committed to staying at the cutting edge of job ad distribution yada 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 a bunch of policy stuff totally love it (laughs) that the latter part was more i think legal than it was matt i love it but why is this a big deal so there was a bit of gaslighting on the socials last week in running parallels between LinkedIn and Indeed job postings with these Twitter postings. And let me qual- qualify why this is so different. Anti-Semitic tweets, social posts will not show up in the Indeed or LinkedIn feed next to your employer's jobs. The end goal of 
the Twitter hiring platform, is to add job content into the main Twitter feed. This is where all the toxic posts are happening. There's a huge difference in saying that I want to use Indeed, I just don't, I don't like their pricing model versus I want to, I don't want to use Twitter because they've got anti-Semitic posts. There's entirely different, right? So that was last week. Yeah. I remember jobs are not yet in with the tweets. They're, they're not there, there yet, but they will be. So just imagine your brand showing up beside a purely toxic tweet, or maybe, I don't know, a tweet from Alex Jones. That's right, kids. Alex Jones was allowed back on Twitter this week, the very anniversary of Sandy Hook School Massacre. Who's Alex Jones, you might ask? Well, if you forgot, Alex Jones <laughs> claimed for years that the killing of 20 students and six staff members at Sandy Hook Elementary School, Elementary School in in Newton, Connecticut, was staged with actors as a part of a government plot to seize Americans' guns. So, yes, I do trust Matt's words because I trust Matt. He's an awesome dude, but I'm also a huge believer in trust but verify. Make sure... You know where your fucking jobs are showing up. The jobs are not commingling yet in the actual Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. But when that shit starts happening, stay diligent, kids. Another one. Yeah. So we talked about this pretty extensively. Talked about AppCast providing backfill for Twitter, yeah. which it still is, as well as Greenhouse and others. And and Matt was quick to point out that advertisers have control over where their jobs show up. Yada, yada. And that's great that he reached out. A lot of companies don't reach out or, or publicly explain what's going on. And that's their that's their right. I, I would say when you get to a certain size, you should have a team or somebody dedicated to giving a heads up to the, the industry media, the yeah. bloggers, the podcasters, whatever. And, and by doing that, like you and I or one of us should have gotten a heads up like, hey, guys, They've never reached out to me, the PR, the like the PR person. Well, I, I just want to say that I reached out to somebody of one of the big companies who actually had their marketing pulled off Twitter to ask TA if they were if if they received anything from their applicant tracking system or anything like that about this whole thing. Received nothing. So, yes, yeah. we definitely need to receive that shit. But before we do, the companies do. The cu- the customers do. Yeah. When we start actually being the ones who are heading. All of these conversations, which we shouldn't be, but fuck it. That's who we are. That's it. If you want to control the narrative, you have to communicate with the people who talk about this stuff. And then you're not stuck on on LinkedIn with your CEO, COO talking about like, oh, here's the policy, guys, or here's what's going on in case there are any questions. We should have known before the deal was done. Hey, we're doing this. Anyone that doesn't want to be on Twitter cannot be on it. We've let our customers know. So we could have gone on the show and said, hey, this has happened, and AppCast is there, but they've done the the due diligence of letting their companies get off if they don't want to be on the Twitter platform. Mm. There's nothing on their website that I saw that says anything about customers can control where the stuff goes. I'm sure it's there maybe when you log in. But when you get to a certain size as a company, have people have one person dedicated to building a bridge to all the media that's that's industry wide. Uh, give us a call. We'll give you the, we'll give you the first dozen. We know those people well already. Yeah, it's not a big community, <laughs> but like let them know because I, I can tell you I've never gotten anything from AppCast. Like, hey, this is coming. You know, here's a news release we're dropping on whatever. Uh, nothing. So AppCast, you bought an agency. 
agencies do this for a living, like empower them to reach out to the industry media and anybody that's, that's a certain size. Think about, you know, people like us because we talk and your customers listen, your partners listen, and it could save you a lot of headaches if you uh, control the message before, before it drops. No question. No question. All right. Well, somebody who generally does get the message, but does not reach out to us. <laughs> Google is in the news. Let's talk about Google's Gemini. They've making making some waves in the tech world, to say the least. Uh, it's designed to be a multimodal, which means it can understand and work in various types of information, such as text, images, audio, video, and code. Mm-hmm. Google has big plans for Gemini. They're integrating it into many of their products, including Search, their ad platform, and their web browser, Chrome. It's largely been celebrated as an ambitious project that has the potential to change the way we interact with technology. Chad, my favorite Gemini, by the way. What are your thoughts on Gemini? Oh, quick question. Did you see the promotional video? I did. I did. It was, I mean, it was a promotional video. It was not a demo, right? Uh, but it was it was it was pretty astounding. I, I think we we need to stand in awe of where we've come in just the last year. ChatGPT was opened up to the public uh, a little over a year ago, and we're now mar- we, we were marveling over poems and image gener- generation mm-hmm. because it was fucking cool. So I mean, when you start taking a look at mo- multimodal, well, I tell you what, we talked about this. And just like to let you know that the Chad and Cheese brought this to you back <laughs> in July, kids. So go, go ahead and play that that uh, beautiful bean footage, Joel. Yep. Have a listen. The big key here that I think through these three, inflection, runway, and typeface, is multimodal. And when you're talking about multimodal models, it's not just consuming text, but you're also consuming audio and video. So if you want to contextualize the data, which is really what this is all about, you need all aspects of that data. So think about it. If you're reading something, you gain some context. If you're listening to it, then you gain more context than reading, listening, than watching. I mean, you're just continually starting to understand how AI can learn. So we're getting past just the text aspect. Bingo. Boom. Again, we talked about multimodal, right? So uh, Gemini is the first model to outperform humans on what they call an MMLU, a massive multitask language understanding. There are so many fucking acronyms in this, in this shit. Uh, one of the most popular methods to test the knowledge and problem solving of any AI model. Gemini beats chat GPT-4 in every general AI reasoning math and code category. Only chat GPT-4 was better in reasoning, one of the subsets, uh, common sense reasoning for everyday tasks. So they have three offerings. One is Nano, which is going to be for my Droid phone, which is going to be awesome. Chrome and some of the devices. Then you've got Pro, which I, I'm, I'm assuming is going to be more of an SMB model. Uh, and then Enterprise, mm-hmm. which is where every... Those big companies are going to start grinding data. Two weeks ago, we talked about how these large language models are cars and the data you feed into them are the fuel. What's happening is the car is evolving from a Model T to Ferrari in record fucking pace. So what you can do with that data is going to be uh, amazing. It's going to be mind boggling, to be quite frank. So with these numbers... 
Google just leapfrogged OpenAI, aka Microsoft. Mm. Get ready because Microsoft's answer, then, you know, maybe Amazon or Anthropic's answer is going to be leapfrogging Google. This is going to be the race, kids. Um, and it's not going to be who wins because this race is just going to fucking continue. And those big three players, Amazon, Google, and uh, Microsoft, they're going to stay in the race. Anthropic, we'll see who actually gobble, gobbles them up because somebody's going to. Just the tip. Yeah, Google went deep on this one. <laughs> To explain the video, if you haven't seen it, uh, there's a developer and a voice. The voice is the AI, and he starts by drawing a squiggly line, and the voice says, and he says, what's this? And he's like, it looks like a squiggly line, mm-hmm. and then he finishes it, and it looks like a duck, and the voice says, oh, it looks like a duck. He draws water. The AI is like, oh, the duck is in water, and it kind of keeps going, different shapes. It shows yeah. uh, like a rubber ducky, yeah. and then it yeah. says... Uh, it has a duck, a rubber duck, and it has two roads. One one ends in a bear, one ends in a, another duck. Right. And they're like, which road should I take? And it says, one of them looks like there's a bear. The other one is duck. So ducks are friendly. Go to the duck. Like that's kind of where this thing is going. And it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. And I think about how that could impact our space. I yeah. mean, look, you could see a world where a video camera watches you at work all day. And then the AI says at the end of the year, uh, do they deserve a raise or not based on what they saw, what, how much work they did, facial expressions, whatever, how much of a raise should they get? How do they compare with the other workers in their department? Because we've been watching them the whole time. You could see a world where uh, this thing watches an interview and says which candidate they would hire uh, as part of it. And why would they do that? Are there ones that they thought uh, were sketchy? And this gets into like higher view facial recognition stuff. This gets our friend Keith Sonderling interested, I'm sure, in terms of like how this could play into uh, exclusivity and racism and bias. Um, So this is cool, but it's going to do some really weird, interesting things for the workforce because I could see a day where Big Brother is watching you all day and giving a report to everybody about what it saw, what it thinks about what your your job is. It gets into... um, um, minority report status, like predicting what you're going to do, like how are you going to respond to stuff? It could be sales process. It could be like going into a store. It could be, think about school shootings. You mentioned Sandy Hook. Imagine a video camera outside of every school that says, oh, this looks like a bad guy for whatever reason, and then locks the doors until there's some approval process. Mm-hmm. So you could look at security very differently uh, than we do now. But yeah, very impressive uh, I'm anxious to see, see where this goes. It's slightly scary. I was really hoping that uh, he was going to set down like a dildo or draw some <laughs> boobs to see what the AI, if it could recognize those or not. But unfortunately, it wasn't a 12 year old boy uh, doing the uh, the demos for for AI. Maybe but next time. People are going to abuse this thing, have fun with it, joke around with it. But yeah, it is impressive technology. And it is going to change the way work is done and how people are evaluated and how people are hired for sure. I can see contextualized AI videos, uh, contextualized AI interviews, right? So video creation, audio creation, um, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is very dystopian. Uh, trying to look at the, 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 the little stuff, right? The things that we could see in our space and how these models could prospectively create just a better experience uh, for recruiters and for, for job seekers. 
Yeah. We talk about augmented stuff. It's like literally assistant yeah. watching yeah, and yeah, looking yeah. and seeing things as they are like voice, video, audio, like all that stuff being, being, um, gobbled up and chewed chewed up and spit out in an intelligent way. All right. Well, my mind's a little bit blown. Let's take a break and uh, we'll talk about LinkedIn when we get back. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent. Build great teams and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. All right, Chad, let's talk a little LinkedIn. LinkedIn continues its fight against fake accounts by winning a legal case against Top Social and Social BD24. The defendants were found to have created over 400,000 fake LinkedIn accounts and were ordered to pay damages and prohibited from offering fake followers, likes, views, comments, or connections. Sarah White, a VP of legal at LinkedIn, said, quote, we're encouraged by our decisive win and will continue to leverage all available tools, including legal action when necessary to ensure the LinkedIn community remains trusted and authentic, end quote. Woo! Finally, I feel safe using LinkedIn. Chad, what are your thoughts on the news out of our favorite social business network? Damn. So I think this is is a pretty amazing precedent that's being set, but $43,000 for damages. I mean, that's a slap on the wrist. 430,000 would provide a punch in the mouth that I think this deserves. This is a shot over the bow to companies out there that are inflating their company size with fake employees on LinkedIn and it's happening and we're seeing it happen. Why are they doing that? Number one, Mm -hmm. to uh, bloat, uh, what people think the size of their organization is, number one, not to mention sharing content, commenting on content, bloating really all the commenting segments and engagement segments with fake engagement. I don't see this just as these these companies who are nailed with a, a pissy ass fine. There are companies that are out there today that uh, hopefully LinkedIn has a reporting methodology to to ensure that they can start to prove that some of these people are actually real um, instead of just cre- you know finding a, an image on mid journey and are uh, creating a mid- image on mid journey and starting to starting to create uh, profiles yeah yeah so here's the LinkedIn playbook as I see it Chad step one keep everyone out of your out of your house. Yeah. This is sue everyone scraping your profiles, everyone that's using it to create new services and solutions. Uh, the HiQ legal case uh, has kind of solved that for the most part in, in combination with like playing whack-a-mole with spiders and scrapers that come to the side. But for the most part, the products and services created to scrape LinkedIn has, has subsided. So step one 
uh, has been achieved, I think, for the most part. Number two is just what happened, right? Just what happened is legitimize your data. If people can't get to the data, but the data is garbage, then it's not worth as much as if it's legitimized yep. and or- original original content. So step two is taking place. Who's putting fake profiles? How do we how do we identify those? Get them out. Step two is 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 in is in route, and there's a lot of if if these if these knuckleheads were putting up four hundred thousand fake accounts, imagine somebody who's serious about this and what they could do uh, to the to the data that's in there. Once they've achieved that, and by the way, they've partnered with Clear and other services to try to help legitimize uh, the profiles that are there. If they can get to a point where you know. 85 plus 85 90 plus percent of the profiles are all original or even closer to 100 mm-hmm. percent then it's like turn on the money printing machine because you have you have achieved uh you know xanadu uh in terms of what of what they do look microsoft paid 26 billion dollars not for the job board not for the learning uh, upskilling solution that they have. They did it for the people that are on LinkedIn. The directory of professionals is highly monetizable, but they got to get those in line with like being legitimate people who are real. So this is their next step. If they get to step three, think about what you're going to be paying for LinkedIn. You think you're paying a lot now. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they have a high level of real people and profiles on the on the platform, what you pay now for LinkedIn is going to be a pittance for what you're going to be paying for it in the future. Oh, yeah. Three steps to the money-making machine, the money-printing machine at LinkedIn. Yes. It's happening, people. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, with their old-ass tech, it's But good happening. for them. I mean, it, LinkedIn is better if, if it's real people. No, I agree 100%. Agree 100%. No one, no one can like be pissed off about no. like... Yeah, get all the fake no. stuff off. Yeah, no. Like, that's perfectly great. Yeah, yeah. They can't be pissed perfectly off about uh, Facebook, though. Yes, they can definitely be pissed off <laughs> by Facebook. Yeah, that's... Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. All right, a little Facebook fraud. Can I interest you in that? Let's Barbara Furlow Smiles, a former global diversity executive at Facebook, has pleaded guilty to stealing over $4 million from the company through an elaborate scheme involving fraudulent vendors fictitious charges and cash kickbacks. She used her position to make Facebook pay numerous individuals for goods and services that were never provided and then received kickbacks from them. She also caused Facebook to onboard vendors owned by friends and associates who paid her kickbacks after receiving payment from Facebook. She used the stolen money to live a luxurious lifestyle in California and Georgia I guess as luxurious as Georgia can be, she lived it. She is scheduled to be sentenced in March of 2024, just in time for March Madness. Chad, what are your thoughts on fraud at Facebook? Yeah, so Barbara Furlow Smosh served as a lead strategist, global head of employee resource groups and diversity engagement at Facebook. This is her own community. This is her own fucking community that she's fucking over. No wonder why the damn DEIB initiative over there failed. We've been making fun of it for years. They spent all this money and nothing happened. This is why it was rotting from the fucking head. It was rotting from this this Barbara mm-hmm. Furlow smiles. I mean, she deserves the orange jumpsuit 
for 2023. We sh- she gets the orange jumpsuit award. Her and old girl from uh, from Junco, right? I mean, this is this has been the year of fraud for a couple of females in leadership positions, which just uh, it. I am fucking floored. I am floored. <laughs> What she had going on was one hell of a fucking like OG Capone style uh, like racket going on. And uh, the sad thing to me is people are going to connect DEI person with like criminal. And that's just wrong. And I encourage any company that's listening, separate the two. If like DEI is not her, she's not representative Facebook and what they've been doing. Take out what Facebook's been doing for the last five years mm-hmm. and DEI off the table. Like, do, separate the two from your brain because they have nothing to do with each other. And it's sad that 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 it will. People will connect the two, and it and it sucks. It sucks for the movement for sure. Damn it! I need to take a break and maybe talk about strippers. Maybe that'll make me feel better. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be we'll be right back, everybody. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Well, Joel, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to go ahead and actually bust in with some breaking news. So we're not going to talk about strippers this week. I'm sorry. iSIMS is following a thorough search to ensure they bring in the right leader to lead iSIMS into the next chapter. They have identified their new CEO, Jason Edelboim, will be the CEO effective January 2nd. He brings nearly two decades of experience in data technology and enterprise software and previously held senior leadership positions at Cision. PR Newswire in Bloomberg. He's he's a uh, he's a PR guy. Yeah, he's a PR guy again. Okay, uh, he he most recently served as president and COO at Dataminer, an AI uh, platform company that yeah. pioneered technology for the real time de- uh, detection of events and business critical information for public data sources to corporate enterprises and government organizations that's right kids january 2nd isims will have a new ceo that's fucking awesome but yes this literally just came in uh to to my email and uh it is hot off the presses what do you think uh, so a few things in there data miner uh public company i believe that went ipo fairly recently i don't know if this guy was part of that process but if iSIMS wants to go public, having someone with that experience obviously makes a lot of sense. And I thought that was one of the reasons why they had the, the last two CEOs. Certainly took enough time. So I hope th- I hope I hope they vetted everyone and had long conversations. And after the last one, they yeah, had to take the time. Hopefully this guy sticks around a while. Uh, hopefully he sticks around a while. Um, Cision, you said, was the company uh, that he, he's yeah. coming from. I don't know anything about Cision. So I, no, I, he's yeah, he's from Data Miner. So Cision is so Data Miner is, is his most uh, recent. 
gig. One of the one of the okay. P, one of the one of the PR groups, right? So you, uh, one of the actual PR marketing groups. But yeah, I, I'm sure everyone at iSims is just happy to have a captain of the ship again. Well, breaking news, and hopefully, hopefully next week you can talk about strippers. Can I give you a stripper joke though? <laughs> sure. I yes, got a stripper joke. I, uh, what's okay. the difference between a waitress at a strip club and a stripper? A waitress at a strip club and a stripper. What's the difference? Uh, one's topless and the other one isn't. About two weeks. We oh, out. We out. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> you made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.